0: Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. It's 2017. Are y'all ready for a new year? Yes. Yeah. New Year's Day falls on a Sunday not very often, so I'm assuming some of y'all have been out all night long, and now you're, you're coming into church, so, so good to see you. Welcome. My name is Tim Harris. I am pastor here at Woodburn Baptist Church. I'm the luckiest man alive, and I'm looking forward to the coming year with all of you. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Starting a new message series today, which is also actually a new theme for 2017 for our church. Our theme is live forward, live forward. It's odd. It could be that one of the most difficult things in life for us is to let go of what is gone and simply to move on. (laughs) To, To let go of what is already gone and just move forward into the future. That's difficult. And if you need proof of that, I would like to present to you Peaches. This is Peaches. Yeah, this is Peaches. Peaches was living a very happy dog's life in Lexington, North Carolina, when suddenly Peaches' life came to a sudden and sad end. Okay? But luckily, Peaches' owner, Pamela, came in touch with the good folks at Perpetual Pet. Perpetual pet knows that the loss of a dearly loved pet is a very difficult experience. Through the use of new techniques and freeze dry technology, they offer a loving and lasting alternative to burial, cremation, or traditional taxidermy. Freeze dry pet preservation creates a lasting memorial and, more importantly, preserves your pet in a natural state, thereafter, without any alteration in appearance. This allows pet owners to see, touch, and hold their pets and in a sense, never have to let go. So y'all realize this is a dead dog. (laughs) Pamela says, perpetual pet went out of their way to make sure peaches had the best possible care. It means so much for me to have peaches with me every day. (laughs) Yeah, in the same way, this next one is Sinbad. This is Sinbad. Okay, I'm reminding you all, this is a dead dog. This is a dead dog. But however, Ron and Mary in Canton, Ohio, say that Perpetual Pet has made it possible for them to never have to part with their little Sinbad. They get to have him forever. He's freeze-dried, y'all. Now, I'm not making fun. I love animals, mostly live ones. And actually, as a kid, I once ha- stuffed my own hamster when it died. But honestly, it wasn't so I could hold it and pet it and love it. It was to hide it around the house and torment my mother. Uh, that's what I did. <laughs> this is Raider Red. Next one, Margie. Raider Red. Losing Raider Red was one of the most difficult experiences in my life, says Belita in Plano, Texas. But having him back at home watching over me <laughs> is tremendously comforting. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're wondering if Perpetual Pet really only does dogs, the answer is no, they also will do your cat. This is Sandy Cat, is now in a perpetual state of bliss in a kitchen chair in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so if you're invited over for dinner, it's like, ah, you know, you pull out the kitchen chair. There's a dead cat in in, in that seat. And the next, uh, if you're wondering, just dogs, cats, no, this is the luckiest dead rabbit you will ever, ever see in your life. This is Button. Some of you ladies are thinking, could this work for a husband? And the answer is, you know, probably they could just perch him on the toilet, and it'd be like he never died. It would be like he, he, he never ever went anywhere. What's that? Would Freeze-dry freeze my dog, Aggie. Y'all know. notice all these animals are very, very small. Perpetual pet is really online. I'm not working for them. There's a 1-800 number. Uh, it's really expensive. That's why most of these pets are really small. You know, I love Aggie, but she ain't going to be worth all that. You know, when, when she's gone, I will have to let her go. And I do love my dog. But understand, here's the lesson for today. Never, ever try to freeze-dry the past. Live forward, live forward. And it's not my word, it's God's word. In Isaiah chapter 43, let's read together. This is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. I, I know I say that every time I open the Bible, but this today, this really is one of my favorite chapters. They all are, but this is really good. This is really good. Notice all of the beautiful things that God says to you and me in this passage, but don't miss the most important one to live forward as we get there Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. I'm going to read 19 verses. Listen, listen. Let the Lord speak to you. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown when you walk through the fire of oppression you will not be burned up the flames will not consume you for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior i gave egypt as a ransom for your freedom i gave ethiopia and seba in your place others were given in exchange for you i traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me you are honored and i love you Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, to believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue, then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are the witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships that they're so proud of. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned and their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wig. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do next. <laughs> For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, does it get better than that? That is good. That is good. Oh, wow. I love that so much. It's beautiful. A few years back, our senior adult ladies and I uh, took a trip on a Friday to Park Mammoth, the lodge, over there for lunch. Uh, man, I love those ladies. They're so much fun. I and mean, they were a riot. We had a ball. We, we went for lunch at Park Mammoth. Uh, after a really good lunch, the waitress brought around the tray of, you know, sample desserts. And there was peach cobbler being offered that day and derby pie. You know, derby pie, it's a Kentucky thing. Really, really good. So all the ladies are like, whoa, you know, peach cobbler, derby pie. And the one lady said, wait. We could stop for ice cream on the way home. There's an ice cream shop at that outlet mall just past Horse Cave. We could stop there for ice cream. We can either have dessert here or get ice cream on the way home. So a quick business meeting was formed. The motion was made and, and, and affirmed that we should skip dessert at the lodge and go have ice cream at the outlet mall by Horse Cave. Now I'm thinking to myself, I don't think that outlet mall is an outlet mall anymore at, at Horace Cave. Have y'all been by there? I, I, I don't know. But but you can't argue with the van load of ladies bent on ice cream. So I just, you know, I, I, I just drove them down the interstate. We, we pulled up there at the outlet mall. Y'all, it is not an outlet mall a, anymore. It is like, an, like a, a pornography superstore. I mean, it's awful. Now, we pulled up to you know, the ladies and you know, they're just looking, you know. None of us say out loud what we're looking at, but one of the ladies said, "They ain't gonna have any butter pecan in there." <laughs> but then, <laughs> yeah, see, y'all, being a pastor is so much fun, you know. So. Pulling out of the, you know, adult book superstore and and, and and getting back on the interstate, and the ladies just start, "No, we could have had Derby Pie, <laughs> peach." They just started talking about the peach cobbler. and I mean, we passed up. It was gone. Do you understand? It was gone. There was going to be no Derby pie. There was going to be no peach cobbler. And they went through all of the stages of grief on that van. I mean, anger, denial, bargaining, blaming the preacher. We just went through all uh, of these stages. But but it doesn't matter. They could want it. They could dream about it. They could think about it. They they could get hungry for it. But there was not going to be any going back. You understand? That peach cobbler. The Derby pie, it was in the past and it was gone. And that honestly is the nature of the past. It is always in the past. This is why we say that life is always lived forward. Life is lived forward. And honestly, that is by God's design. There is no backing up. There's no reversing. There's no hitting the rewind or even the fast forward. You can only live life one day at a time. And this is how God has designed it. You don't get to go back. You don't get to relive the past. You just don't. It's past. And honestly, learning to let the past go and move forward into the life God calls you to, that's the secret. And most of us are really not very good at it. That's one of the most difficult things you'll ever be called to, to do. It means that life is not Predictable. And we wish it were, but it's not. And this too is by God's design. Life is not predictable because God is not predictable. You with me? God is not predictable. Now, I, I, I want to say what Scripture says, that God is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not saying that God changes. God's character, God's holiness, God's goodness, God's love never, ever Changes. God is God all day long, all by himself, forever into eternity. God doesn't change. However, God is not predictable. His ways are not our ways. You cannot think his thoughts. You cannot possibly understand what he's going to do next. Now, what he does next is going to be good. We know that. Everything he does is good. It's always good. But you don't know how it's going to happen. You never know how things are going to turn out. You just don't. And this is the life that God has designed for us. This is how He wants us to live. Trusting Him, walking with Him, always into an unknown future, always into an unpredictable future. Because God is not predictable. If you could predict Him, if you could know His thoughts, if you could think like Him, if you could see what He sees, you'd be God, and you're not. Live forward. Notice what the scripture says. It's just so absolutely beautiful. When you go through deep waters, do not be afraid. I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. It's beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. David and Debbie Brown used to be members of our church. They're great friends. Um, David and Debbie used to teach uh, country line dance classes. Anybody, you know, do the kind of boot scooting, you know, boogie stuff. Uh, It was fun. They used to love teaching the class, but Debbie said there was always one frustration. Guess what it was? One frustration. When people would come to class, she would teach them the first dance, whatever that dance would be. It was usually something simple, something they could learn, something to help them get their confidence. But once people learned one dance, that's the only dance they wanted to do. Once they knew one dance and they just wanted to do that same dance every night, all night, she would want to teach them new dances, but nobody wanted to learn a new dance. They just wanted to do the dance they knew. I don't know exactly why we're like that, except we're all like that. We love to stick with what we know. We love paths that are familiar. We don't like to learn new tricks. We'd rather be old dogs. We certainly do not want to be led into any place where we will have to take a risk or any place where we might be embarrassed or any place where we might possibly fail. We don't do that. We don't think like that, but God does. He, he, He always does. Notice this beautiful chapter, how it rehearses all of God's history with this people, the, the things he's brought them through, the, the, the fire, the, the flood. He goes on to talk about how he's the Lord, their God, how he opened a way through the waters, made a dry path through the sea, called forth the mighty army of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. He's reminding them of the Exodus. He's reminding them of all of his mighty, mighty deeds. But what does he say? Verse 18. Forget all that. What? Forget all that. Forget. I mean, Scripture is constantly asking us to remember. Constantly asking us to remember all of the good things that God has done for us. Constantly asking us to recall and rehearse the the, the fires, the the, the floods that he's brought us through. Why would now he say, forget all of that? Because we have this terrible tendency to become prisoners of our past. (coughs) Prisoners of the past. It's not just that we like to go back and visit. We like to go back and try to live there. We're past dwellers. We were prisoners of our past. And God wants to set us free from that. So forget all that, he says. Now some of what's in the past, you'd gladly forget if you could. The, The guilt. Uh, the, the shame, the, the things you've done that you wish you'd never done, the things that happened that you wish should never happen, the things you never said that you wish now that you had said back when you could have said those things. Some of those things, when I say forget all that, it sounds like good news. That just to be able to put all that, put that away and bury it dead in the past, that, that, that's good. But, but sometimes what the past holds are beautiful things things that God has done, wonderful days, the best days of our lives, the best days in, in church, the best days with our family. Maybe the kids were small. Maybe you still had grandma. You still had your parents. I mean, there were glorious days in, in the past. And those are the days often that we really want to go back to. Those are the days that continue to call us to, to, to look back. And and, and even, even God goes through this, this little rehearsal of the mighty things he's done for his people, that the exodus, parting of the Red Sea, you walk through on, dry land God says but then he says forget all that forget it even the good stuff even the great things that God has done for them God says forget all of that forget all of that why does he say forget verse 18 because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do next it's nothing You haven't seen anything yet is what God is saying. Don't keep going back to the past. No matter what you think you had back there that was so good, you haven't seen anything yet. God says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to do something new. It's already begun. Do you not see it? Well, no. Lots of times, no, I, I, I don't see it. I don't understand it, that God is doing something new all the time. I mean, some of us are getting on up in years. I mean, we were laughing about how many people stayed up all night. The better question is, how many of you were in bed before 9.30? You know, half I was. Sure, you gotta, I don't have the luxury of sleeping through this sermon, you, you know, so I have to sleep on Saturday night. Man, we get up in years, and, and it seems like we've already lost so much, and so many things have already changed. It's, it's just like we just want to say to the world, hey, I've come as far as I'm going. I'm not going any further. I don't want any more change. I don't want any more loss. I, I've had enough. I'm just going gonna, gonna to freeze dry my life right where it is. The problem is you don't get to do that. It's not an option. Life moves in one direction, always forward, never in reverse. It's by God's design. So There's no backing up. God says, I'm doing something new. So put the past behind you. Forget all of it. The good stuff, the bad stuff, forget about it because you haven't seen what I'm doing next. You see, that's the thing about God. And it's a beautiful thing about God. What happened is never as important as what happens next. What happened, what has happened to you, what the past has brought you, what 2016 brought to you, understand, that matters, but it doesn't matter nearly as much as what happens next. You haven't seen what God does next. And what God does next is glorious, always, always glorious. So what do we need to know? What do we need to learn? How do we live a life that always moves forward? That's difficult. Just a couple of quick lessons. Number one, you have to live out of expectation and not from memory. Memory. You live out of expectation. Expectation has to do with hope. And hope always has to do with with, with the deep-hearted conviction that tomorrow will be a better day than today was. Or, or at least that God has something good waiting for me and I, I'm going to live my life leaning into what God's going to do next. You, you live out of expectation because you can't live from memory. I know you want the second verse to be same as the first. I know that you want to learn one dance and then dance your way through life with that one dance, but that's not how God has designed your life. He's lived this not to run off of memory, but to run off of hope. Hope is a fuel for a spiritual life. Just understand that God is not finished yet and what he's doing next is more important than what he's already done. So just lean into what's coming next. Lean into it. Don't try to lean back. Live out of expectation and not from memory. Number two, you will be led down roads that you never traveled. Back in chapter Isaiah 42 verse 16 says this, I will guide them along an unfamiliar path. God says that, Isaiah 42, 16, I'm going to lead you down an unfamiliar path. God's always doing that. I know you like to take the old road. I like—I know you like to take the, the, the way that you know, but God says that's not what he does. God is always doing something new, and he's somehow always forcing something new on you and me, and this is what God intends. This is how he wants us to live. He wants to lead you down an unfamiliar path. He wants to take you away you've never gone before. Now, why is he like that? Why is God always trying to move the furniture? Why is God always trying to to make us turn right when we just want to stay where we are? Why does God do this? Because he's invested in our growth. God wants to transform us. Remember what Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is becoming new. You see, everything can't be made new if you've already decided that you're not going to endure any more change. Things can't become new if you've decided that you're not going to try anything new, that you're not going to take any risk, that you're not going to read anything new, that you're not going to think anything new. I'm telling you, God does his work in you and in me by leading us down paths that are completely unfamiliar. And he does that until the day we die. You understand? This is how life is. An unfamiliar path. The truth of the matter is, you can't be what you've never been until you go where you've never gone. You can't possibly have what you've never had until you do what you've never done. This is the life that God calls us to. However, expect fire and flood. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. It doesn't say if, it says when. You expect it. I remember years ago when we were sitting in the old building across the street and we were dreaming about this building here. And, and, and there weren't a lot of us over there, 90, 80, 90 of us over there. And we're talking about a, like a million dollar building. Like where in the world are we going to get a million dollars Somebody said, hey, you know, back in the 20s, there was this family, and I think they had some money. Let's write them a letter and see if they still remember Woodburn. And, you know, we're just suddenly, maybe there's a millionaire out there that, that would, that, you know, could, could help us. And then finally, somebody said, well, you know, let's just do it. And if we get over there, and we can't pay for it, then we'll know that God wasn't in it. Well, no, <laughs> There's no promise that when you're following God that, that it doesn't get hard. Expect it to be hard. Expect following this path that you've never been down before. Expect that to be difficult and expect some fire and expect some flood along the way. I mean, that's just part of life. I, I guess we all wish that God would let us always detour around the difficulty, but he just doesn't. He just leads us right through. Maybe the reason God leads us right through the fire is because fire doesn't intimidate God. He, he's not where He's fireproof. You You know, understand? He's not worried about it. Maybe the reason that God leads us right through the floods because he's not worried about the flood. It's not going to come over his head. Do you understand? And the point is when you're being led by him, you're going to be fireproof too. You're going to go through the fire. I mean, you expect to expect the fire and the flood, but you need to expect to come through it. It's not your final destination. When you hear the horrible diagnosis, and the story Brenda told isn't that beautiful, when you hear that horrible diagnosis, understand you haven't been singled out. Everybody hears a diagnosis at some point. I mean, I've had cancer. I had a miraculous miracle of healing with my cancer. But you know what? Something else is going to get me one day. I mean, i be like a cartoon, a piano will fall my head or something. I mean, you know, I, I got the miracle one time, but something's going to kill me. I, I mean, something's going to get me. Expect the fire and the flood, but expect to come through. And understand that God's always got something next. He's always got something up his sleeve. And you don't see it, you don't predict it, but you need to trust him. He can bring you through the fire and you won't even smell like smoke. Do you understand? He can bring you through the flood. You're not going to drown. Now, God will not let you drown. He will let you be scared to death sometimes. He will scare you to death, but He will not let you drown. (laughs) Expect fire, expect flood. It's going to happen to you too. You're going to lose, you're going to suffer. You're going to hear bad news. You're going to experience all sorts of horrible things in this life. But understand, you walk with the Lord and he takes you right through those things. The fire will not consume you. The flood will not drown you. You just continue to walk with him forward. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. You're forgetting this tremendous advantage you have in life. That's what he says in the first verse. Don't be afraid. Why not? Don't be afraid because there's nothing to worry about. Does he say that? Nothing to worry about. Life's going to be a piece of cake if you don't worry about anything. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to fear. He doesn't say that. Right after he says, don't be afraid, he says, when you go through deep waters, I mean, you know, deep waters sounds scary to me. When you go through the fire, what? Fire? He just said, don't be afraid. He says, now when you're in the fire, what, how am I not supposed to be afraid in the fire? He's not saying that there aren't things to be afraid of. He's not saying that you won't have to suffer some things. He's just saying this, don't be afraid because I've called you by name. I've ransomed you. You're mine. You're honored. You're precious to me. I love you. The advantage that you have is not that you're going to be led down an easy path. The advantage that you have is that you belong to the Lord. He loves you. You're precious to him. And because you belong to him, he's going to take care of what belongs to him. You're not afraid in this life, not afraid to step out of the past and move into an uncertain future. Not because you trust the world or trust the path you're walking. You trust the God who's leading you. You trust the God who calls you by name and always, always calls you into the future. You live forward. You belong to him. One more thing. I think this probably comes from one of my favorite theologians, Janice Joplin. You remember the song, Me and Bobby McGee? Let Papaw tell y'all about the good old music, y'all. Me and Bobby McGee. Remember there's a line in that song where she says, I'd trade all my tomorrows for just one more yesterday? Well, y'all know that's what she did, right? I mean, she committed suicide. I mean, she died. She traded all of her tomorrows thinking she'd get one more yesterday, but it doesn't work that way. You don't trade a single tomorrow for one more yesterday. You you don't. You, you, You can't. Life doesn't move in that direction. You have to move forward. You have to move forward because you're walking with God, this God. And this is a God who's always in motion, He doesn't stay put, always leading you forward. He'll lead you through fire. He'll lead you through flood, but he will lead you through. And he's always doing something new, always another trick up his sleeve, always some way coming out of nowhere. I mean, you didn't see it coming. You didn't know how it was going to happen, but God will do it for you. This is the life he has. It's not safe. It's not without risk. It's not without scary things. But he says, I created you. I formed you for my glory. You know what that means? It means whatever he does next, it's going to be glorious. Your life is going to be glorious. As long as you trust him, as long as you follow him, that means you must always, always live forward. Pray with me. God, while we sit dreaming of yesterday, you, oh God, are always causing us to imagine a tomorrow. Lord, so often we become prisoners of our past. We imagine that what comes next will be more or less the same of what we've always had, Lord. But teach us not to live out of memory like that. Teach us to imagine and to hope and to dream. Lord, you promised in the last days the Holy Spirit would come down and young men and old men together would dream dreams. Lord, make us a church like that, Lord. We need to be a church where young people and old people together, Lord, continue to lean forward, to to dream, to imagine a a tomorrow, Lord, that's nothing like yesterday. Lord, we've had some really good years at Woodburn Baptist Church. We've had some good years in our individual lives, Lord, but nothing compares to what you're going to do next doing something new. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just have to at this moment lay myself out before you and say, do something new with me. Make me to be the kind of pastor I've never been before. Make me to be the kind of preacher I've never been able to be before. Do something new with me. At this midlife point, I don't want to think that all the best years have passed me by. Lord Jesus, Do something new with me. Do something new with this church. 150 years this year, God, 150 years. So many good years, Lord, but let us know that the very best years are still to come. Do something new with this church. Let us be a church we've never been before. Let us do what we've never done before. Take us down a path, Lord, we've never traveled before for your glory. There are people in this room today who are desperate for something new. Lord, the marriage has been the same old verse, same as the first. Day after day, week after week, month after month, and they don't know how much longer they can live in it. Oh, God, do something new. Create something new in marriages. The people trapped in sexual habits, addictions, Lord, all kinds of uh, hang-ups and habits. Lord, I just ask you to let this be the year where we get set free from our guilt, from our shame, from our sin. Let us know, Lord, that you are still a God with power who is present with us and always ready to do something new with the one who will put himself, herself in your hands. So, God, today we put ourselves in your hands We thank you for yesterday, but we beg you for tomorrow. Let it be glorious. Let it be exactly the future that you envision. And give us the courage to walk into it. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen. Stand together. Let's sing. Let's worship him. Let's thank him for what he's brought us through. But let's begin to dream for what he's going to take us to next. Some of you in this room, are there are things that you do not need to take into this next year? It's been a burden through 2016. It's been a burden maybe for years, but you don't have to continue to carry this burden. Lay it down. Don't continue to carry these baggage from the past into your future. Lay it down. Start new today with the God who makes all things new. Let him start with you, even as we sing.